the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents I on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Eye on Real Estate. We are the only show on talk radio. It's going on 10 years. I can't believe time just flies when you're having a good time. That's all about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which, as I have always said, for the last 10 years, just about everything, including, unfortunately, the coronavirus. I'm happy to introduce... Well, I'm happy to introduce Ace, but I believe Ace is not going to be with us. He's traveling. So Thomas Drew is here. He's a regional vice president for Citizens. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning, Daddy. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thanks for being here. We uh, have a lot of financing today to talk about. Um, So I'm glad you're here. I need your expertise. And I know that Thomas, as well as Ace, can promise you that you can't find anybody more knowledgeable, and he knows everything about getting a home loan. So if you have any questions about refinancing or mortgage information, which we're going to talk a lot about today, or home equity loans, now is your chance um, to get advice from a senior guy who knows a lot. Uh, that's Thomas, and you can call us at 866-970-9622. I would also like to thank Citizens Bank, which works with Douglas Elliman as a preferred lender. Citizens is one of the nation's oldest and largest financial institutions, and we thank them for their support. They also support their customers by providing an integrated experience that includes mobile and online banking, a 24-7 customer contact center, and you can easily find out more information or anything that you need to know at citizensbank.com. Citizens has also opened up a COVID-19 resource center, and they want you to know that they're there for you. They understand the tremendous amount of financial and personal stress the COVID-19 crisis has caused. So if you need relief or you have any concerns or any questions, and even if you think, hey, you know what, this is kind of stupid, no, there's no question that's stupid. Just, you know, call up and get them, and they will help you with anything that you need to know, and that includes economic impact payments, stimulus payments, financial hardship payments, assistance, online and mobile banking. So you really never have to leave your house. Although, <laughs> I've been leaving my house. I've gotten to the point where I'm safe or I'm careful, but I just can't. I can't be in a cocoon. I just can't do it anymore. But I'm safe. I wear masks and all that stuff. 
Also, our superstar, uh, Stephen Ebert, who is a partner in Barton LLP, one of the top law firms in the city with a specialty in real estate. Morning, Good morning, Steve. Dottie and Tom. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Yeah. Thank you, Tom. We both want to thank you. And I uh, just want to know that you can reach us, besides for our personal um, sites, you can reach me or any one of us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can email me at DottieHermans.com. Or if you're on Facebook, we have a new Facebook page for Ion Real Estate with the links to Stephen and Ace's and Citizens Bank website, so you can go right in and ask them directly. Of course, we love when you call us yourself, but if you don't have time and you want to do it or you're in the middle of the night, you think of a question, just get a hold of us. We're glad to answer them. If you have a question for us, please remember, call us at 866-970-9622. We love to hear from our listeners. Today is August 22nd, and it's the 234th day of the 235th in leap years, which I don't really care to know one way or the other, uh, so I'll be skipping telling you that information. But on this day in history, in 1902, Cadillac Motor Company was founded. In 1991, on this day, Iceland is the first nation in the world to recognize the independence of the Baltic states. And in 2007, the Texas Rangers defeated the Baltimore Orioles by 30-3, to the most runs scored by a team in modern Major League Baseball history. And, of course, if today is your birthday, you share this special day with Ray Bradbury, American science fiction writer, James Corden, English actor and comedian and TV host, and um, Honor Blackman, who is an English actress. You know, it's 866-970-9622. Before I have an interesting conversation with you, Steve, I just uh, because I was in the city and I have uh, some things to see. You know, I know you're there every day. So, but, you know, I just want to give you a little information before we talk about what I, what, what I think and some of the major articles I've seen. Um, New, New York State, well, first of all, New York saw a major spike in homes on the market. Uh, so in Manhattan, even though the median price fell about 4.2 in July year over year, um, this, they added 2,700 homes to the market in July, and that's a record of number of new listings. And that was a potential sign of life to the market. Because remember, with the COVID virus when we were on lockdown, you really couldn't, I mean, you could see virtually but it was really very difficult to see places. And in the city, you really couldn't even get in. So there was nobody putting their homes on the market. Plus, sellers were uncomfortable with having people in their house homes. So there was no inventory to sell, even if there was out people to buy. So the opening up of inventory coming on the market is a good sign of life for the market. The number of new listings in the pricey New York City borough was 86% higher than July of last year. And... Uh, that was a good thing, okay? Economists and industry experts view a jump in listings as a leading indicator of future sales. Because when we look at new listings that we get at Douglas Elliman, we look because we know eventually some percentage of them are going to convert to sales. So if you don't have many listings, you know you're not going to have many sales. But when you have a lot of listings coming in, 
you know about 75% of them are going to convert to sales down the road, whether it's one month, two months, three months, four months, whatever. So that's a good sign. Brooklyn also, uh, they logged a jump in new listings, and sellers put um, 1,700 listings on the market. Of course, I told you last week, I'll tell you again, empty apartments in Manhattan reached a record high, and I think I told you this last week, that it was topping 13,000, and that is a lot. Um, We'll see what happens in September, because that's going to be a big month, and Steve and I will talk about that in a second. But, you know, 13,000 residents fled the city, and landlords are struggling to find new renters. So um, if you're looking for a rental, I would believe you could probably make a decent deal. Um, I'm not saying steal something. Um, um, Jonathan Miller said that the number of apartments listed rented actually, well, it's 13,000. I mean, he was exact, 13,117. But uh, basically that's a lot of inventory. So that's not good for you if you're a re- if you are somebody leasing, but if you are um, – a renter, that's a good that's a good thing. And if you've been priced out of New York and you've always wanted to live in New York City, it's a good opportunity to maybe find something that's more affordable. Actually, the surge in empty apartments was the largest rental market, um, you know, slowdown in a real while. And um, see, Manhattan, unlike most boroughs, Manhattan's uh, half of Manhattan's apartments are rentals. So there's a lot of renters in there. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I am waiting to make an opinion on after I see what happens in September. There's too many uncertainties. But I want to tell you the good, well, it's good news for sellers, but not great news for buyers. Um, You would think with a lot of inventory on the market and all that's happening that people are taking big discounts on their properties. However, quite the contrary. Listings are piling up. Contracts are down, okay? Um, but we notice that basically the sellers have accepted on the average, on the average, about only 5% less than their asking price. Okay? And that's just an average. I mean, so we're not seeing, like, it's not, you know, people think, oh, gee, you know, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to steal something. No, you can get a, probably a decent deal now. And it's a wake-up call for sellers and buyers and renters and landlords to be negotiable. And Steve could talk all about that. I mean, that's what a deal is. That's something you negotiate and you work out where it's good for both parties. So there's a lot of uh, opportunities. Now, Jonathan Miller, who I spoke to this week, he said that... Um, that buyers don't have the strength that they've been portrayed in having. And he's basically saying the same thing, that, uh, you know, you're still, you know, you're still going to get a good deal, but you're probably not going to really steal anything. I mean, I don't want anyone to think that you're giving away anything. Now, of course, if you're buying something for $40 million and you get $5 million off, well, that's on something $40 million. But, you know, if you equate that to 700 thousand or something like that maybe if you got twenty five thousand off that's a big number so with that now Stephen, i have an article in front of me and it was written by jeff andrews and it says manhattan housing is coming back 
And it talks about that, you know, when the pandemic hit New York City, much of Manhattan emptied out because we were shelter in place, orders were in fact. And the supply of inventory, obviously, across the country was very tight because people didn't feel comfortable putting their homes on the market. And then it said in New York City, the demand had been slower to come back relative to the rest of the country. Um, so they were slower to come back. But they said there's reasons to think that this is really going to improve a lot in the future, even though it was slow to rebound. And they, you know, they, they've they sold, but it's slower to rebound. But they are looking at uh, coming back. Now, they compared it to 9-11, which we've talked about, you and I, Steve, and this, this was an article, and it said, you know, you're all reading the same things I'm reading. So it said, COVID-19 pounds New York real estate worse than 9-11, financial crash. And, you know, I, I just want to alert everyone that, you know, papers sell because of drama. You know, they, I told you last week, they don't make any money by saying the sun is shining and everyone's happy. <laughs> so it's always a little drama. And their article says the city's high-end market was dealt an unprecedented blow by the coronavirus lockdown. Can it ever fully recover? And um, then they really talk about, you know, truth be told, uh, that, you know, they're talking about you can negotiate. Um, and, they're, they're, you know, they're putting all this stuff in. They're saying they don't know if they can recover and all this kind of mostly negative, and um, I'm not sure I agree with that, but I was, you're in the city, I was just back for a couple of days last week, and you're there every day, Stephen, so what are your feelings? It, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack in, in that information. You know, the thing I like to start is a saying that we have in the group is somebody who puts their head in an oven and their feet in a freezer is on average comfortable. And there's a lot of Averaged out statistics in that, and I think we got to break that down, right? It depends a little bit on price point. It depends a little bit on neighborhood, and it depends on the motivation for the seller. So we got to put all those together and break that down. Um, what I am finding is that certain neighborhoods um, are you're seeing more negotiability in certain neighborhoods than others, and the price point's going to vary. When you're dealing with somebody who is selling a property, it's going to matter if they're in it for the long term or it, and, and what they're trading into or if they got caught between contracts. When you're dealing with a developer, a new construction or, or, or conversion of a building, it depends on the strength of the developer if they feel that they need to unload some property to have liquidity or maybe they have other obligations or if they can stick with it. So those are a few key guiding principles. And when I look at that, I see how that impacted our negotiations and our price points. Couple more things I want to put out there. Don't underestimate the stability of co-ops, right? When you think about it, condos have done very well. They have a lot of amenities that they're newer, but the difference right now with COVID is number one, People are not using or haven't been using these last couple of months some of those amenities the same way. And also with co-ops, you have a board that can turn somebody down for any reason or no reason at all as long as it's not discriminatory. So a co-op is 100% allowed to say that even though everything is perfect on this deal, 
if we think the price is too low, they can block a seller from selling. And co-ops are a much bigger percentage of the apartment market than condos. So you have all these different... Yep. You bring up a good subject, and I would like to just finish this, and then I would really love to talk about the return of co-ops, because that's kind of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Because condos yeah. like with a big rage, and now I think something there's something to be said about co-ops, so to, to, to paraphrase what you've been saying. But I just, so I'd love to do that right after this. I just would, I'd like to talk about co-ops and explain to everyone the difference between a co-op and a condo. If you're not in New York, because most people who are not in New York City really don't understand co-ops. Um, not not that they should. I mean, I I mean, when I came into New York City, I really didn't understand it quite because there's a few co-ops on Long Island, but you know they don't have any really strict rules. So I'd love to talk about that and just explain to everyone the difference. But I just want to still just and what where are you seeing? Now I was there. Um, I went there for a couple of days. Um, went to my office. Um, I'm really not comfortable in my office. And then I live in a I, I live in a, a building that happens to be condos and hotel. So I noticed that there was a lot of people in the lobby, and I said to them, "Well, gee, is this hotel open?" I mean, because I thought everything is closed pretty much. And he goes, "Well, thanks to you, it's open." I'm like, "What do you mean, thanks to me?" And he said, "Well, because there was one condo or two condo owners that stayed. We stayed open, so we decided to keep the hotel stayed open." So I said, "Oh, okay, but let me ask you a question. Every appointment that I went on, I went into the building, and I had to have a temperature check, and then I went to a floor and a different floor in the building, and I had to have another temperature check. I don't see you guys doing anything to check anybody that's walking in here." So he's like, oh, all the employees are checked. They take their temperature. I said, no, I'm not talking about the employees. I'm talking about the people that are coming to the hotel. He said, well, there's no guidelines on that. So we're not doing anything. We have no guidelines. And then he showed me a paper that I guess basically if you're coming from another state, like if you're from New York, you wouldn't have to sign the paper. But if you're coming from another state or a country, then... um, I guess it says basically that you don't have the virus or that you're going to quarantine. Yeah, and that no, I guess like, what, what is this with hotels? They don't have – he said they have so, no guidelines, so they can do whatever they want. Sure. So, that, before, before we answer that, could, I just want to just finish up on one other point for a second, and this is another very critical point on pricing. And, and this is probably one of the most important reasons to make sure you're working with an attorney who knows the market and also a broker who knows the market, because I consider this market really a broker's market. And what I mean by that, it's a market where it's not clearly a seller's market, not clearly a, clearly a buyer's market, because the reality is transactions are happening, they're happening differently. What I am finding is that the, the clients who are using the right kind of agents, they find the opportunity. And by the way, in that vein, there are a number of concessions that can be negotiated that are not reflected in the market data. There are transfer taxes. There are closing cost credits. There's prepayment of fees that can be negotiated that will never be seen in all this data that's being provided. So while I appreciate that the people compiling the data on prices and transactions um, and concessions, etc., the reality is 
There is no way, because I know how these are written, that actually all the data is being filtered into the data that you're you know, seeing Steve, being published. That's a wonderful point, and I'd like to explain to our listeners that after the break, because data is just numbers. Steven, myself, Tom, is Ace. We're in this. We're in like we're we're in there, and so what you're reading is not truly reflective. It's just reporters taking numbers and kind of slanting them any way they want. We'll explain to you what to look for and why you should use a real estate professional and an attorney that's a real estate attorney. And it's not a sales pitch, it's absolutely the truth. Carol Marks is one of America's leading experts on upper demographic issues and a champion in the battle against ageism. She hosts a weekly radio program devoted entirely to making life better for America's seasoned citizens and their families. Getting older requires strength and courage. Getting older requires community. Getting older requires information. A Touch of Grey, the talk show for grown-ups. Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, right here on AM 970, The Answer. health goals. But let's face it, you are living in some fantasy world if you think you are suddenly about to start eating better. In fact, have you thought of this? How many different servings of fruit have you eaten today? How many servings of vegetables? And sorry dad, french fries and ketchup don't count. The experts recommend eating over 10 servings of fruits and vegetables each day. That's where balance of nature comes in. With three fruit and three veggie capsules, Balance of Nature gives you all your daily recommended servings and contains 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules contain 100% vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, tested pure with no pesticides, fillers, or additives of any kind, and are the most effective whole food supplements on the market today. You might ask yourself, how can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into six vegetarian capsules? Fruits and vegetables are on average 85% water. Balance of Nature uses cold vacuum technology to remove the water, leaving only the whole food. We don't use any heat, air, or light drying methods that damage nutrients. Our cold vacuum technology maintains 99.9% .9 of the fresh fruits and vegetables' original nutritional value. Think about it. Along with diet and exercise, Mother Nature provides fruits and vegetables to help us maintain good health. I took everything that was on the market. Nothing ever worked. Nothing ever worked. And this is the first thing that's really worked. Nothing can compare with the benefits of Balance of Nature. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. Change your life now by calling 800-2468-751. That's 800 Two four six eight seven five one, or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code the answer. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with former Reuters Bureau Chief and now Executive Director of the Committee to Protect Journalists, Robert Mahoney, about the safety needs of journalists working abroad. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Radio.com. 
I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing on all Smart Beds. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. And before the break um, and before we talk about co-ops and condos and what the difference is and why co-ops are really looking very attractive these days, I want to finish up talking about the topic that I, you know, I'm actually, I found a story that said this is really horrible, this is worse than 9-11, uh, everything is falling apart. And I know that I've always told everybody from the day I've been on this show, you can't cookie-cutter news. Like, you can take news and it's a general thing, but you, that's, it's really important that everyone's circumstance is different. Every, as Stephen said, you know, every buyer and seller is different. Some sellers are very motivated. Some sellers might say, yeah, you know, I've had people that just put a number on their price property. They don't really care if they sell it or not. They just throw a number on it. They're not really motivated, and they usually stay on the market for years. So it depends on someone's motivation. It depends on the terms. It depends on a lot of things. So when you read news, don't necessarily believe that it's right for you. It's just a general thing, and that is why it's really important to work with a good broker and a good real estate attorney. Now, Stephen, you were before the break talking about that, and you were saying that there's so many factors that come into prices, and when they do price reductions on rentals, it doesn't mean they have to take that reduction off in the rental price. So if the rental was $6,000 a month, they might leave that rental at $6,000 a month but give you two months for free or give you exactly, a exactly, exactly right. Okay, and, which and, doesn't and, show up and leaves the, the, the rental price the same. But you've really negotiated dollars off it. It's just, not, it's just where you're taking it. And I think that's pretty much what you were saying. And Correct. You're seeing I mean, it's a lot sort of, of the real estate version. It's like the real estate version of getting a coupon. You know, the, the official price doesn't change, but there could be some added incentive. And they can come in the form of different things. And that's the other thing. And this is where, again, having someone on your side, um, because, again, there's no reason why you can't throw other things in there. Like, for example, if you have a landlord that, let's say, they own a gym, right, and and some developers own gyms, um, and gyms are about to start uh, reopening, um, you could say, look, you know, if they're maybe not going to change the rent, maybe they'll throw in a free gym membership for the term of the rental. 
let's say. And I'm just throwing an idea out there because you can't always really quantify this and it gets lost in, in some of the data. Um, and when it comes to purchases, for example, you know, and, and Tom can give the lender's perspective on it because there are limits too if you're getting mortgage financing, and this is important, um, but you can get a concession from the seller. So if you're buying a property for a million dollars, and let's say the seller gives you back $50,000, all right, you're economically paying $950,000, but in the official data that we're seeing in, in, in the deals that are closed, it's showing a $1 million price recorded. Now, there's a limit, right? You can't say a million-dollar contract with a $200,000 credit if you're getting mortgage financing because at a certain point, it's not realistic. But, but these are some of the things that can really tweak the stats. Uh, you know, and, and Tom, I just want to mention some of the limitations on closing cost credits and how that works. Well, in. We're going we're gonna to get into oh, okay. that in, in the financing okay. part. But I also want to tell sellers, a lot of times what may, what, you know, I always try to tell a seller, stand out. Try to stand out in the crowd. So um, one of the things that you can do, because remember, the biggest market that we have now are the millennials. So, you know, a good percentage of of your homes are going to be sold to millennials. Now, millennials, let's say they're both working, they both have good jobs, but they're a little short of cash. You could say, okay, we'll do the closing costs. We'll, you know, we're not going to take a big price reduction, but we'll pay your closing costs or something of that nature, which which is giving them a term that might be very helpful for them because, then if they're a little, if they, you know, they can use keeping that cash, there's a lot of different things you can do. And I can tell you, I have worked in every market possible. I mean, I've been in, worked in California. I staffed that office. I, 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 I started up Florida. I, I have been in Rochester. I, I you know, been, I've been in, in Aspen, I, I, Long Island, obviously, I grew up in. And I'm going to tell you, when I first came to the city, which was 18 years ago, and I had been in real estate already a long time. I've been in real estate since I was in my 20s. I, it was a whole different world. And so I think it's much easier to go to like a suburb or another state even and find something. But in New York, it is complicated. And I don't suggest anybody either do it on their own without going to a broker or especially not getting an attorney who's from Manhattan, who knows Manhattan, because even if you get an attorney from, you know, another place, real estate in in the city is just very different, very complicated. It's just very different than any other place, and they don't use the regular MLS that every other place in the United States of America, other than the Hamptons, uses. So uh, most attorneys know how the MLS works. But this works entirely different, so you really need to use a professional, and it will end up saving you money. Um, I, I, I must say that. And so, and like Steve said, he knows where there's deals. He knows some of the things, you know, and your broker will know, too, some of the things that you could ask the seller. And, again, based on the seller's motivation, sometimes, look, maybe a seller bought something and I have to get out. And maybe just the fact that you all move in in a quick amount of time. Um, 
or maybe they don't need to get out now. They want to finish off like uh, the first couple of months of school and you'll be willing to wait. I mean, there's just a lot of different things and terms. And I say this to buyers and sellers. Terms are just as important as price, sometimes more important. So don't only look at the price, and that's where a professional who knows Manhattan and knows how to negotiate this. And the other thing is one should never negotiate for themselves. I mean, Steve, when you want to negotiate, do you – I mean, look, I'm a great negotiator. I think I'm one of the best. However, when it comes to myself, forget about it. I'm a giveaway. I always try to find when I'm negotiating myself, I let somebody else do it. Um, And I find a lot of professionals don't negotiate themselves because there's nowhere to go with it. So when you have somebody negotiating for you, you don't have to, because you don't want to end up being enemies with the buyer or the seller. So it's better to have a third party negotiate that deal, the broker and the attorney. And then it's about putting the right team together. Because, again, remember something. When you buy a home, you have an attorney for the seller who's worried about this. Okay, that's your attorney if you're a seller. If you're a buyer, you have the attorney for the buyer who cares about you. The seller's attorney cares about them. Then you have a Thomas or a Citizens Bank who's the financing piece of that. Then you have the title company. Then you have the broker. Okay, and all of these people are really working for a different profit center. So when it's a team and they all work together and they all are versed in the real estate business and they know what they're doing, because a lot of times I see somebody use their son-in-law, who might be a very good attorney in negligence, but not a real estate attorney in New York, and they don't really know what they're doing. I mean, you know, they really don't. So it's important to put that team together. It is so important. And this is why we put it up with my show. Listen, I could have done it myself. However, I work with a team, whether it's with Douglas Elliman, there's no way I could have brought that company to where I did without that team I had behind me. There's no way I could have done the mortgage business and helped our clients without the Citizens Bank and the, the, the people that are so great like Ace and Thomas and all the rest of Citizens Bank. And, of course, attorneys, I, I really am very vocal on that. When someone says, yeah, but I have a son-in-law, he's going to do a favor for me. And believe me, he doesn't really want to do it. I please, I tell him, no, don't do that. Get a real estate attorney. And uh, not that I'm, promo- you know, and I, I don't mean this to be a self-promotion because we don't, pro- I, I don't try to promote anything. I just try to give you knowledge so that when you're making a decision, you know the facts, and then you decide on your own what's best for you. But truthfully, using someone like Steve and a real estate attorney could really help you. And also, when you negotiate, it's much harder to negotiate for yourself. Steve, when we come back, would you start to maybe talk about a little about the difference in co-ops and condos and why you see them as so attractive right now? Sure, absolutely. We're going to be right back. You know, time flies quick when you're having fun and you're talking about things that you really are passionate about. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, Susan, how's your daughter? Must be so tough planning a wedding during this time. 
Grinch. We're feeling so cooped up and fear people won't want to be at a tight wedding reception. Have you thought about a private yacht? That would be beautiful and impressive. Plus, plenty of fresh air. Good idea. I'm ready to get something on the calendar to look forward to. Call Francesca at Fran's Touch of Class. She'll fill you in on the yachts and describe the delicious cuisine and all the services provided. She'll make every detail perfect. If you're planning a wedding or engagement party, a corporate event, birthday or anniversary party, bar or bat mitzvah, why not consider having it on a luxury private yacht? Let Francesca find you the yacht that's best for your event. Fully insured, Coast Guard certified and compliant with all COVID-19 protocols, she has beautiful vessels in her fleet that can accommodate from two to over a thousand, and guests can board at convenient locations throughout the metropolitan area. Call 212 385 9400. 212 385 9400, or visit franstouchofclass.com. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion, there is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The answer. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Bed Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial because my schedule is like crazy. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want want to sleep on anything else giza dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors mike is making a special offer for my listeners you will receive two sets for one low price plus free shipping 800-651-0798 use the promo code am970 or go to mypillow.com please be sure to use that promo code am970 two sets of giza dream sheets for one low price plus free shipping 800-651-0798 promo code am970 Take AM970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. What is it about the American system of justice that makes it the envy of the world? And why do so many Americans not realize how well they are protected by the law? This weekend on Champions of Justice... Tom Girardi talks with the renowned law professor, Paul Hayden, about the ideas that are central to protecting your American freedom. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and of course, you're listening to Ion Real Estate. We'd love to hear from you. It's 866-970-9622. And right before the break, we were talking to Steve Ebert, our legal expert, on um, 
The little differences between the differences between co-op and condos, and um, I started out by saying, and I had read um, a, a story which I do agree with, but it says classic co-ops offer safety and stability. So, Steve, could you get a little into the differences for those of us who don't live in New for those people who don't live in New York City and don't quite understand the difference? And you should, when you're buying a co-op and condo, know the difference. And then maybe we could talk a little about the pluses and the minuses of both. Sure. So very, very briefly, the difference is that in a condominium, you own real property. You actually have a deed for your unit. You get a separate tax bill directly from New York City. And you have an association with certain basic governance rights. In a co-op, generally speaking, the co-op has the deed. They own the land. They own the building. You become a shareholder in the corporation, and then you have a proprietary lease, and everyone has the exact same lease. So don't be thrown off that you hear lease. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to lose my apartment at the end of the year. No, it's a long term that gets rolled over. Um, but what happens is because of that structure, the co-op has really more power and more say than the condo on many issues, and most importantly, with selling and renting. And also, the risks are a little bit different. So what's interesting is on paper, a co-op might see more risk, might have higher risk, because the co-op pays the tax bill for everybody, and then you get your maintenance statement and you're effectively a flow-through payment of your tax, while in a condo unit, each one is responsible. And if that one unit owner doesn't pay their property tax, the city can go for that one unit, not the whole building. But because of that structural difference, co-ops are actually much more vigilant. So typically, when you go for a mortgage and also building requirements, they require that you have to put more down. Right In a condo, any amount a bank will lend to you, you can borrow. In a co-op, some co-ops even prohibit getting a mortgage, or some require at least 20% or 50% down, and they can require strong reserves. Um, also, what happens is co-ops tend to be people who are living there as a primary residence or second home, a lot fewer investors. While in a condo, it could be anything could go with respect to primary, second home, or investments. So what that means is if rents go down for a building in a condo, that might affect a homeowner making the payments, while in a co-op, you're generally not going to see the same issue because it's very primary residence heavy and people will work extra hard to defend um, their home. Um, well, let me and, say this. Is it like in a big difference? Because when people come from not even out of state if you come from Jersey, Long Island, any other part of New York, or and you, ha and you go see a, co a co-op, if you like it, you have to be interviewed by the board. Um, correct. So, the board correct. is made of, you know, because it's shares in a corporation, so the board decides who can come into that building or not. And if I tell you, and really when I tell people the story that they're not from New York, they're like, they look at me like I have five heads. And I say, well, you have to go for an interview. And they can just say, we don't like this person. And put, yeah, they've done it many a day. You, and, and, oh, and even and, to and, famous and, and, people. And you also have to, yeah. probably in a lot of cases, which Steve will get into, show more cash, which at the end of the day is good in, in a bad market. But more than that, 
you know, you usually have to put more down, okay? Um, you know, they ask for a lot of financials. If you don't fill out the board package correctly, you're dead. And it gets very complicated, and people really don't understand that we, we at Douglas Elliman train people on how. We prep them on how to go to their board presentation, what to say. We fill out all their papers, and I have to tell you, I'm not from, I mean, I've lived in the city now 16 years, but I could tell you this. If I had to do a board package myself and I was buying a, con, a co-op, I, don't, I would not be able to do it myself. I would go to Steve and have him do it for me because it's that complicated. At the same token, when you go to sell, if the board doesn't like your buyer, and Steve can tell you why, that, what, what grounds they can have that are legal to to say that they don't want that buyer, they can stop the sale. So, Steve, because it sounds very strange to people, tell them the rights that the board has when they're interviewing a person, like what they have the right to reject a seller, how they can reject. Sure. And I've seen them reject Angelina Jolie. I've seen them reject Madonna. Okay, I've seen them reject people because just because they're too high profile, they didn't want them. They don't Abs- want the publicity. Absolutely. I mean, there's one famous co-op... It's even rejected a former president. People. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of it is people want to live. You know, what, what some of the buildings, and, again, this is where if you have the right agent, they can they have a sense of the building. They know what the sense of that building is like. But, you know, they take it seriously, a board member, and I was the treasurer of my co-op a number of years back when I was in the, in the city. And, and one of the things is it's about preserving value and quality of life for the shareholders. And on the one hand, it may sound like, great, let's have somebody famous in our building. But if you live there every day, it gets real tired real fast when you have 10 members of the media taking pictures and saying, so, you know, did, did, you, did you hear anything? Was she, did, you, did she ever look upset? What did she get in for, for dinner? Did she order takeout or did she cook it herself? Like, you know, people at a certain point say, look, this is my home. I don't want to be bothered. So Stephen, in is, some cases, I've heard they don't even want attorneys. <laughs> well, you, you know, some of us are nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they're afraid they can litigate. But when you, you prep somebody, and we prep them, what do you tell them? And, and I think Steve made a good point. Don't work with a broker uh, who has never dealt with. You have to ask the broker, have you ever worked with co-ops? And if so, how many? Because if you don't know anything about co-ops, you're not going to be able to help your client, and you shouldn't be able to use a broker like that. And I that the brokers know what the boards look for. So they'll know if a board isn't probably going to take you or not because of certain circumstances. Now, what can they, Stephen, what can they do legally? Because they can't discriminate, but yet they can. So could you tell our listeners, because it's kind of a, a, sure, kind sure. of a crazy, funky kind of thing. So literally they can say yes or no for any reason, no reason, good reason, bad reason, but they cannot violate fair housing law. And this is a very hot topic in in the industry because you have two competing concepts. On the one hand, co-ops are private corporations set up for the benefit of their shareholder homeowners in the building. On the other hand, it is housing, so that's a public accommodation. And those two concepts really bang up against each other. So you will see Westchester County, Suffolk County, um, Rockland County have different 
notification laws about approval. So Westchester started, um, and it's interesting, only a couple of years ago now, where you have a certain timeline in which the board has to respond. And if they turn you down, while they don't have to tell you why, they do have to notify a department in Westchester government, and they are keeping stats to see does this building have an excessive number of turndowns or not, and we'll see where that goes. So far, it's been an information-collecting process um, because there is that tension. It's private, but how do you sort of prove something you don't really know what, okay. what boards but are student, saying? Like, so it's, it's a I real, had a girlfriend yeah. that was got divorced and was married to a very wealthy man, and, you know, her settlement was pretty uh, – Pretty, pretty big, so she certainly had the money. She didn't work, but she didn't really have to work. And um, she was fairly attractive, and they rejected her. And then she said, well, why? I have plenty of money. And they said, well, you know, you're not working. They said, she said, but I don't need to work. And then they said, well, you're single, and we don't want single people in this bill. You know, you're not married. And then they said, we don't, what if, you know. Then then her her ex-husband offered to co-sign. He was a billionaire. You know, uh, you know, put his name on it for her or back it. And then they said he was too old. I mean, they had a million reasons, but basically they didn't want her there because she was single. Okay. Well, so, so, let, so let me start off. The co-op started okay, and then they went into the realm of illegality. So it's okay if they say in their mind, even though it's maybe a silly decision, that they want someone to also have income, not just rely off assets. That, that is allowed. But when they start getting into marital status, relationship status, that is a clearly illegal. I wish I had known that then. <laughs> yeah, and what's interesting, and this is to be careful, there's different layers of law. There's federal law, state law, and New York City law. And this is where, for those co-ops in Long Island or Westchester, the standard can be different because New York City has a couple of extra pieces that the, the suburban communities do not have. So what, what might well, be legal or illegal in one county suburbs. could be a different answer depending upon what the issue is. Yeah, but I find New York is a whole different ball game, much tougher. Okay. Well, okay, so they when, when you go for an interview, they, what can they turn you down on? They can say, you know what, <clears throat> I really don't think Stephen will fit into this building. And they can turn you down? I mean, they, I have they, had, and I will can. have them on again, and you're going to think this is really bizarre. You know, with some buildings where they allow dogs of a certain size, they've said, well, we want to meet your dog. And they have actually said, well, we don't think that your dog will be fitting in with the rest of the dogs in this building. And I've had on the show, and I will have her again, a woman who helps train your dog to pass the board. I mean, now that sounds like crazy. Now, not all the buildings are as crazy as others. Um, most of them require more cash than a bank requires, correct? Yes, yeah, some of that. But let me make one comment about the dog for a second. I mean, when you think about it, first it does sound crazy, like, really? You know, do you want to give the dog a personality test and see which <laughs> treats it like? You know, it's 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 kind of silly, but you think about it. This person's going to go up and down an elevator with a dog, and you don't want to have people bitten by a dog, jumped on a dog, annoyed by a dog. Um, some buildings, how they solve it, they say if you're going to go down with your dog, take the service elevator. 
you know. Um, I mean, but this is what you get when you think about it, when you're in such close proximity with people. You know, some people have different levels of tolerance of what bothers them and what doesn't. And, And this is where you know, building sort of, you know, you know, draw the line. And and that's where, you know, it's a, it's in a way it's a good thing. I think of it is, well, you know, but it's a good thing, but I want to point out the good and the bad. And I want to point out one of the things that I don't like that they could do. Um, if you're a seller and you have a building and you have a property, <clears throat> let's say you decide to sell it to me. <clears throat> of course, you want to give me a good price because you like me. Okay, and so you say, you know, Dottie, it should be this, but I'm going to give you a break. I listen to your show. I think you're great, blah, blah, blah. So I go before the board, and the board says, you know what? You gave her too good a price for not letting her buy. Or we didn't like your buyer's financials, or we didn't like your buyer. And I've had it happen where I've had guys, people that had apartments they were trying to sell, and they needed the money, they needed to sell it, and the co-op board stopped them from selling it to certain people. So, I mean, I mean, you could get a little into that, but I just want people to know that you don't have the same rights that you have with a co-op. Um, and, and, and that, you know, to me that's not a strong plus. Um, however, okay, and maybe you could just take a few minutes, and then I'm going to go through the strong points on how they can reject your buyer. Yeah, let me let me take. I, I definitely am sympathetic to what you're saying, and I've been there. Well, I'm talking um, from a broker's but, point. You're going to talk but, from a legal standpoint, and so we have, and that's why we have Stephen, myself, Tom, because we're seeing it from different eyes. So now you're going to see it from the legal eyes. So shoot. So, number one, the charge of the board is to protect the value of the building, not one particular shareholder. And so, while if I was on the board and I would say, really nice of, my, uh, of that homeowner to give Dottie 20% off, what a nice friend. But I'd say, what am I doing for the 100 other apartments in the building where now the new value point is the apartment is worth 20% less? And now all of a sudden, that's going to be in the listings, and they're going to say in our building it's 20% less. And by the way, we have five other neighbors who right now are in the middle of a refinance, and then all of a sudden Tom has to go back with them and say, real sorry, we can't lend you as much as we thought because we have this new comparable sale, and now the appraisals are lower. So, you know, I... I just want to finish it up after the, the news. And then, Tom, I have a whole host of financial questions to ask you. Um, so, but I want to finish on, right after our, our news, like how they can reject you. And you should know that if you're buying a co-op, that they can stop the sale. And although, very good point that you gave, that they want to keep the value up. What if I need a quick sale and I want to make a break, you know, I want to sell for less? It's not good or bad. You just need to know that. And we're going to finish telling you that, the pros and the cons, and then we're going to talk a little more about mortgages and financing and what's going on with that. Ion Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.